Welcome back, everybody, to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We got a chance today, as we're recording this right now on Wednesday night, uh, to talk to Brian Harson, still from home, still quarantining. Obviously, he tested positive for COVID-19 last week on Thursday. He made the announcement on Friday, but it sounds like now, according to him, that he is going to be back at Auburn's facilities, at the practice field, all that good stuff. On Monday, as Auburn will prepare next week for Akron, but I've got Jason Caldwell here with me on the podcast from inside the Auburn Tigers, AuburnUndercover.com. And Jason, we got—I mean, this was probably one of the better times that we've ever chatted with Harson, just because. I mean, obviously, he had such a dedicated, um, I think, plan for this. He went into it knowing what he wanted to, what he wanted to get accomplished, and what he wanted to talk about. Some things were football related, some things were not. Um, what stood out to you about about the way he approached this one? And obviously the the big topic was COVID-19 and not just his diagnosis and, and the team, but kind of the way he's approached it so far. Yeah, Nathan, it's not just um, Harson. That, that was probably as informative a head coaching you know, interview per se, but a, 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 that's probably as informative a, a time that we've had with a head coach maybe since – the Tuberville days um, in terms of the information we got uh, had we been able to ask more questions uh, um, we probably would have gotten a lot more information uh, from him but you know he he had a plan you're right and that plan started with his thoughts on COVID-19 uh, vaccinations and I thought he did a really good job of explaining what they've done how they've tried to inform and educate the players who has done that um, how that's worked with this team and where they stand. And so I, I thought he did a good job of, of kind of putting that out there of, of all that information. Um, so that kind of started it um, off in a good way because you kind of knew then, okay, here's, this is everything you wanted to know. Now there were a few other questions asked, but I think he got his point across um, in that, that intro to, um, to that press conference with us today. And then, you know, right into the football talk. And I thought he gave us a lot of information uh, talking about special teams, the the offense, defense, um, you know, coming out of the second scrimmage. And, you know, he's been able to watch all those things. Um, he's had a live stream, heck, he, even so much as to, to told us that, you know, he's got basically a, an open line with, with Dana Marquez, who Auburn's equipment manager, going, if he sees something, get Dana on the phone and and, and go pass along a, a message. Um, that's, pre- that's pretty intense and pretty detailed, but not a surprise knowing what we know from Brian Harson and, and, and how he's done things so far. So that was kind of my general overview. And, you know, we'll get into to some of the football talk uh, in this podcast, but I thought we gleaned a lot of information from, from Brian Harson about this football team. And, um, you know, obviously there've been lots of talk about COVID-19 uh, and we've kind of talked ad nauseum, but they're improving. The vaccination numbers are improving. Um, and, and, you know, they still got a little ways to go. So I think that's the, that was the main takeaway from that, but, um, it sure was nice to get the football talk for sure. Yeah. And like you said, not to harp on the COVID stuff too much, but they, you're right that he said that they are still, that the vaccination rate is rising in the team. Obviously, again, the reason that's so important, you get to that threshold, you can minimize um, the requirements and the, the testing per week um, on a pretty, in a pretty significant way. Um, there's not an exact number on that right now, but like Jason said, I mean, you, 
it was so much of here's how we're promoting it because I think um, the narrative from some people um, who, who, who chose to buy into that side of things was that Auburn was not doing a good job of promoting the vaccine to players. And maybe some people were even insinuating that they weren't even taking the time to promote the shot. And so obviously Harson laid out everything again. He had, he had note cards. I mean, he, he was ready. He was prepared about this, um, spoke about it for several minutes. You could just tell in his demeanor, he, he very much wanted to make um, a point said he's been transparent with the players. Um, he's been transparent with their families and the medical staff has obviously done a really good job of informing them. I mean, heck president Goosh came by, he said yesterday as we're recording this on Wednesday um, and promoted the vaccine. So it, it, you know, regardless of what Harson himself has done um, and that was something he even said, he kind of took himself out of the equation, um, but, you know, just wanted to do a good job of getting all the players at Auburn that information, but, so moving, yeah, moving on to football stuff again, which is because that's what we all want to talk about at this point. I think it is pretty impressive that he's able to have such a well-balanced overview of this team after being away from them for the past few days, but that's kind of the benefit of technology. I mean, Jason, I was pretty shocked when, um, and I started to just kind of have to perk up and, and listen a little harder when he just started naming off the two deep on the offensive line. This is something we talked about last week of not necessarily knowing what that group looked like. Um, but he painted a pretty good picture of where they are, and it seems like they might not have that starting five by the time the season starts, though. Yeah, you know, they it's been a group that's that's had to deal with, you know, maybe a couple of injuries. Who knows about some quarantines? All we know is we've seen or not seen people at different times in our viewing windows, and and there's been, you know, other practices where we weren't out there. So you would expect that has continued at least somewhat throughout this this camp now heading into, you know, almost a game week. So it's been a – you know, it's been a work in progress. Um, I think kind of similar to, to like it was last year for this team. It, that was a you know, kind of one of the issues in the preseason last year um, was was kind of having to, to lose some of those guys. I don't think it's been quite um, as, as, you know, maybe impactful as it was last preseason. But, you know, we've seen guys like, you know, Keandre Jones, Brodarius Ham, and others that have missed some time. Um, and so you look and, and you know, we start kind of from from left to right. Austin Troxel killing Zaire at the left tackle. Um, we've we've kind of been waiting on him, the junior college transfer last year. That um, you know, not having a preseason, not having um, a spring, all those things really impacted him uh, coming back from an injury. Now he's had a full year to recover. Um, physical, big kid, and you know, I think you know those two guys at the left tackle, and you know, you think about. Okay, Alec Jackson. Um, I think we talked about it last week. I thought Auburn had a, a a group of guys that that were probably more better, maybe more suited to be guards. And I mentioned Alec Jackson, but he just hasn't played there. Well, they've obviously been looking at him a lot at guard. He's at left guard with Brandon Council. Brandon Council was mentioned first, and not a surprise there, but a very versatile guy. Nick Roms at center. You know, Jaleel Irvin behind him there. Right guard, Keandre Jones, um, you know, you talked about him there. Tayshawn Manning, a starter last year on the left side. And then Cam Stutz. Um, and, and then at right tackle, Rodarius Ham, and a guy that we've heard a lot about in, in, in camp, and Brendan Coffey, um, that's, that's I think, had a really good camp. So, mentioned 11 different players on the offensive line. Talked about where they are. Um, will that starting group um, against Akron on September 4th be the ones that he mentioned today, 
it might not be the exact ones, but I bet it comes from that group of 11. Um, and, and, and at least we've, we've kind of narrowed that thing down. Well, it's like you said last week, you've got to know, you got to narrow down the ones that you are most certain are going to be in the group. Um, and you, you had said Troxel getting one of those tackle spots, probably a pretty sure thing at this point, just because, I mean, and that's somebody that Harson even brought up, even singled out after bringing up that group was how good of a camp he's had. So it looks like you could maybe lock him in at left tackle. We had wanted to lock in Brandon Council somewhere. We just didn't know where, and that was kind of a recent development, maybe maybe as recent as last week, of him focusing on that left guard spot, and that's where Harson mentioned him at today, and then Brahms and Keandre Jones. I think now we're looking at right tackle. That's probably the most intriguing battle here as we kind of play things out because Ham has the experience. He's obviously um, been with the program longer, but like you said, Brandon Coffey is a guy that's been talked about a lot this preseason, had an opportunity to start a couple games. So that might be the one that will friend at that, that spot at right tackle. That might be where will friend is waiting um, and trying to figure out as we get closer to the Akron game, but behind the offensive line, Jason, you wrote about it today. The quarterbacks obviously have been talked about a lot this preseason, but seems like, like we said last week, Bo Nix is, is he's got that starting job locked down. Um, you know, he's, he's got the experience. He's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the sec right now. Um, what did Brian Harson say about how much Finley is on him for that starting job, or does Bo have a pretty good grip on it? I think there was some. There were a couple of really interesting things um, in talking about the quarterbacks and the offense. Um, they've had two scrimmages that that we didn't see any of. We had people that were there watching that kind of gave us some information, and we gleaned some information from other people. But when you do that, you don't know the context. You don't know why things happen. All you know is what happened. We find out today from Brian Harson that, hey, in scrimmage two, the offense played much better. They had a really good day on third downs. They backed him up and put him in some tough situations, and they converted about 60% of their third downs. Um, a lot of the reason why was was, was Bo Nick's um, decision-making. So that's been emphasized that he did a good job with that. You know, talked about T.J. Finley doing a good job. He's come on. He's really starting to click, um, likes his mentality. And then we know that that Brian Harson loves Demetrius Davis, and I think he doesn't necessarily say it, but he keeps talking about things that sound like the it factor. You know, he said gamesmanship, uh, game within the game that he can play, so fun to watch, fun to coach. So I think they got three guys they feel good about. Uh, not a surprise that we didn't hear Grant Loy. I thought after the spring, it was a – telltale sign when they went out and got T.J. Finley that they were looking for somebody else to come in in that role. So um, I think when you look at it, T.J. Finley's made made some progress uh, in learning the offense, doing those things. They feel like Bo Nix puts them in the best positions to be successful right now. And I think a lot of that comes with the, with, with the territory of kind of learning how to get them. We've heard them talk about getting them more – more say so at the line of scrimmage to make decisions, to change the offense, to do those things. I think that's where Bo Nix has a, an advantage right now, his two years of experience in this league and looking at defenses and doing those things. So, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting, just to listen to to the take of the coach instead of people that are just there watching it um, because you don't know the context of, of a play. You don't know if a wide receiver ran a wrong route or <clears throat> if there was a protection breakdown or – Whatever it was, um, obviously, you know, he, he said as of today, Bo Nix will be the starter. 
Um, and so we'll we'll see moving forward. I, I would imagine that's what we'll see at Akron. And then if Bo plays well, he'll have a chance to continue the stranglehold on that 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 position. But you know, I think people have to realize when you get in the game week, if you're the starting quarterback, you're going to get 80 percent of the reps probably. That means it's tougher for those second and third guys to make a move um, unless Bo goes, goes out and just doesn't play well and, and, and you get a shot and, and you get a chance to go in the game and make plays. So, yeah, I, was, I would think right now that it's, uh, it's Bo Nix until, uh, until he proves otherwise. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that's exactly what Harson said. He said, I mean, you don't you have one guy until you don't. I mean, it's just it just depends on whether there's an injury or like you said, somebody just goes out and doesn't play well. Going back to the scrimmage, I mean, so Harson probably had kind of an all 22 look at that from well, however they recorded, obviously everybody, um, you know, views, everybody's able to go on the team and look at film from the scrimmage in that way. But Harson talked a little bit about the advantages of being able to see things in real time from that aerial view. That's probably more of um, a day-to-day practice setting than being there right on the field. Another position group he talked a little bit about something that we haven't touched on too much in preseason camp, but the returners. Um, Auburn hasn't had a super explosive punt returner since 2019 I think Christian Tut was pretty good that season and obviously Tank Bigsby was one of the best in the SEC last year um, but Harson said it's right now Donovan Kaufman Tank Bigsby and Nehemiah Pritchett sounds like those are the guys on kick returns that's kind of the way I perceived it because we knew that we know Javarius Johnson was the guy coming out of the spring on punt returns um, but then we also heard that Demetrius Robertson in that second scrimmage was taking some reps um, returning punts as well. So Jason wanted to talk to you a little bit about, so the tiger talk was tonight for the first time ever, according to Andy Burcham, they had players on that never had players on before they had Derek Hall, uh, Chandler Wooten, they had Bo Nix and they had Nick Brahms, but back to Chandler Wooten, something that we haven't touched on yet. He's now one of two team captains, him and Owen Papo are the two Brian Harson called them permanent team captains. Sounds like they'll rotate maybe two other guys on a week to week basis, maybe guys that'll be voted on or have an opportunity to do it. Just what kind of how, how it's, it's just kind of crazy to me how, how people were viewing Chandler Wooten during the season last year, obviously, you know, before he was able to get out there and explain himself a little bit better. Um, but just such a harsh view of him sometimes by the Auburn fan base. I think it's just an incredible turnaround for him to be able to get on the field um, such a quick transition in the spring. And now it's to the point where he's earned the respect of his teammates so much that he was voted a team captain. 
Yeah, I think it shows you the difference in um, fan perspective and locker room perspective too. Um, I think those guys understood it. They saw the work that he had put in to prepare for a season and then to, to have to make that decision not to play. Um, you know, it, it, and it's difficult. It was a difficult year for everybody. Um, you know, and, and, you know, looking back on it, who knows, maybe besides, hey, maybe I didn't make the right move, but now he's come back with a vengeance. And, and according to everybody that we've talked to, obviously when you listen to Brian Harson talk about him, <clears throat> listen to his teammates talk about him, Chandler Wood's the guy that's come out there and been phenomenal. Um, that leadership role, he's, he's, you know, he basically told Brian Harson, I'm a leader, and he said he's backed that up. That's what you're looking for. I mean, he's he's one of the older guys, a veteran guy on this team. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty remarkable story. You're right, to to think about going from a guy that opts out the previous year to being the guy that's voted a team captain by your teammates. Um, that's a that's a pretty pretty great story. And if he has a great finish to his career, uh, it, it, it would be uh, – even better, he's been a guy that's, that's played some solid football, but has never really been called on to be one of those guys. Whether it was you know KJ Britt and you know, others before him, um, this is a great opportunity for Chandler Wooten to go out there, show it on and off the field, and you know part of a defense that they got a lot of strong voices on that defense. When you think about Colby Wooden, you think about um, Chandler and Owen Popo and Zacoby McLean, Smoke Monday. You know, Roger McCreary and, and Nehemiah Pritchett are both quiet guys, but they're guys that, you know, take on leadership roles. And then, you know, you have by Darius Knight and Donovan Kaufman. And, you know, that's a that's a defensive group that has some guys on it that can stand up and and, and everybody will listen, like the old EF Hutton commercial. That's a great thing to have on a football team, and, and they got those in bunches on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, one of the things Harson said on Tiger Talk was that, you know, Chandler has done a lot of good things in, in his football career, but obviously it matters more um, how you develop off the field. But, you know, he said that he expects him to be, you know, pursuing stuff at the next level after this season. And Auburn now thinks that all three of its linebackers, which, you know, we could, that's maybe a topic for another day, is how this linebacker trio compares to some of the better ones in Auburn history. I guess we'll, we'll find out after this season. But now we move on to, to what's next for this team. They've got practice. For the rest of the week on Friday, uh, Harson called it a mock Friday. They'll kind of go through and do what they would normally do prior to a home game, kind of that whole process of things. Um, not sure if it's going to come all the way down to, to staying in the, the hotel in Montgomery, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out about that. Um, and then Saturday is the open practice inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. And then Harson, again, obviously back on Monday. Monday will be an off day for players throughout the season. That's what Harson said today. It'll be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice schedule for them. Um, and right now we're only 10 days away from kickoff. Kind of crazy to think about the season opener, September 4th against Akron. What is left, Jason, for this team to figure out? You, you were, we're fully transitioned now to game preparation mode. We've been out of preseason camp for a while. We, we blended it for a little bit. Now we're completely looking ahead to Akron. What are you going to try to find out from this team in, the, in these final few days before it is full on? We're focusing on Akron. We're getting ready for that first game. Yeah, I, I think it's um... – Fine tuning. That's that's really what you're looking at. I mentioned, you, know, you talk about the quarterbacks. You know, those guys start to get 80, 85 percent of the first team reps. You get get your your the guys. You say, hey, this is our starting five offensive linemen. Start to build some of that chemistry that's so important on an offensive line. You start to 
you know, something that when, when, when I talked to Ben Leard talking about the, the quarterback offensive coordinator bond and, and even the wide receivers guys like Demetrius Robertson, you know, this group of wide receivers that don't, that, that don't have a lot of experience get with those guys. Now, as you are preparing a game plan and talk about, okay, what do you feel comfortable with on third and eight? We're on our own 25. What plays do you like there? What plays does a quarterback like? What plays does Demetrius Robertson or, or Shedrick Jackson or Javarius Johnson, whoever it is, what plays do they like? Start to kind of hone in on those things, the things you want to do, the things you may want to show, the things you want to work on. Um, all those things I, I think are there. And it's something that, you know, you think about these scrimmage situations, we've heard a lot about them, you know, throwing the football, working on the passing game. I think they feel pretty good about being able to line up and run the football. Um, I would expect that to be a an emphasis for them. But they also know that that teams understand Tank Bigsby and Sean Shivers are the you know are, are going to be targets. Um, Auburn has to make plays throwing the football. So I think the sooner you can get Bo Nix and this wide receiver group that are going to be your first guys, those tight ends, to allow them to just settle in and and get a feel for a game plan. That's a big deal. And so to me, that's that's kind of the next step for this team. You're right. Friday, they'll they'll kind of have a walkthrough, kind of get a feel for hey, this is the plan, this is what we want to do, this is what it's like on a Friday. And then uh get out there on Saturday. And you know, I don't expect it to be a big physical practice, but get there and run around a little bit, um, get the guys in the stadium, you know, maybe get the headsets going again and, and give them a little little mock game um, action, you know, some rotations. But I don't think we'll see them out there doing a whole lot of um, running plays, doing stuff. I think it'll be more drills, things like that. But, you know, it's a, it'll be a fun day for the fans. But for these guys, it's – you get that day done and then you know, all right, it's game week. And you're right, uh, for this team, uh, I think a lot of a lot of anxious guys ready to go out there and show that, you know, it, it you know, when you look at this season, you look at this Auburn team, there's questions. But there's a lot of guys that played a lot of football on this team and have had success. Um, get the things that fall together in the right place. And this is an Auburn team that could be pretty dangerous. We'll see if that happens. And uh, this is the start to that process as you head into game week. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. This is such an intriguing roster because – You've got some proven commodities, but at the same time, there's been just kind of this buzz of all preseason of waiting for these guys to get on the field and show what they can do. I guess it's it's the new systems on both sides of the ball. For me, it's it's talking about how deep and talented this secondary is. You know, what does a team that is led by its secondary look like once it's out on the field? Obviously, everybody's waiting to see Bo Nix. Is this offensive line going to be good enough to allow him to shine, to allow those new receivers to shine, Tank Bixby and all of them? We're going to get all of those questions answered in you know, 10 days now. Uh, Akron is Auburn season opener on September 4th. Be on the lookout for more season preview stuff. I'm excited to, to get that season uh, predictions kind of compiled here in a few days. We're going to do our entire Auburn undercover staff looking ahead to the entire season and um, predicting what we think Auburn's record is going to be and why. And then we'll get, like Jason said, we'll get right rolling into Akron um, and back talking about another team that is not, Auburn and Auburn's getting you know, obviously excited to hit somebody else other than themselves in a football setting. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Auburn undercover podcast. Thank you so much to Jason for joining us. If you guys liked it, please leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, guys, wherever you 
Listen to the podcast wherever you get them. Please leave us a review. That's the number one thing you can do to help us out. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next time, I will talk to you guys later. Have a good rest of the week. Thank you.